Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pamela Rickia, and this is episode number 240 of the podcast. It's the 26th of August, 2020, as I record this intro. And this week, Anna Brown joins me to dive into the topic, Kids Are Capable. This is actually the topic in the Living Joyfully Network this month, and we've been having some great conversations about what the idea that kids are capable means and what it looks like, because it really is so much bigger than it seems at first. I wasn't sure about crossing over between the podcast and the network, but as I mulled it over, I realized that the podcast is an important component of my body of unschooling work, and having a mix of conversations around the principles and ideas behind unschooling, which this episode is one of, and the conversations with unschooling parents and young adults about what unschooling looks like in their lives creates the rich soil and scattered seeds in which listeners can grow their personal unschooling garden of ideas, connections, and experience. And with the network being around for five months or so now, Anna and I are also getting more and more clear on the real value of this beautiful community and how we can concretely help parents as they navigate their individual unschooling journeys. And really, it's not about the topics. They are definitely valuable windows through which we learn more about unschooling and ourselves, which is why I am excited to share them on the podcast. But the purpose and value of the network is a layer deeper. I've mentioned on the podcast before about the different layers of understanding unschooling. There's understanding how unschooling works, learning the principles and seeing how they make sense intellectually. And then there's a deeper layer of understanding that happens as we bring these ideas into our lives and see how they play out in our family. With the podcast, I can share that fascinating mix of conversations covering both the intellectual discussion of the ideas and principles and snapshots of what unschooling actually looks like in other people's lives, getting a taste of their personal unschooling journey, which is why I still love the name Exploring Unschooling all these years later. But with the network, we're taking that next step to build a helpful and supportive community where members can connect and share their experiences as they explore what unschooling looks like in their family. And with a few months under our belt, we recently reached out to members and asked if they'd share a bit about their experience. We've received some wonderful testimonials already, and I thought I'd share one with you today from Eva. I cannot recommend the network enough. I joined when I wanted to really give the radical unschooling a go, but had many specific questions. The podcast always got me very motivated, but I then often fell short in practice. So I took the plunge and joined. I posted my first question and was blown away by all the heartfelt responses, but even more so by the super simple suggestions people gave me. With that, we saw a complete transformation. What was a daily power struggle before turned into one of the best memories we have now. All we did was a minor adjustment to our rough and tumble room. 
Instead of dreading daily struggles and praying for bedtime to come around, I'm now looking forward to our days and I'm almost excited to see how we handle things today. I soon ran into another problem where I was wondering about how I would post that in the network. That alone made the whole situation so much clearer for me and I was able to handle it much better before getting more help from the network. On top of being able to post and joining other discussion, there is a weekly and monthly topic that gives me the chance to think about our relationships and our lives. Things have really changed at our house. We're doing things that I've never dreamed of before, and I'm so glad we made these changes. I always had the network members there to hold my hand through it, and I'm so surprised by their kindness and love. What I love so much about the network is hearing that others have similar problems and questions, which makes everything feel much less daunting, but also hearing how others have dealt with it. Most of the time, it's the simplest little change that goes such a long way. It strikes me again and again how simple things really are. Hearing from others gave me a completely new perspective and way of looking at things. Reading other discussions and the feedback to my posts has sparked so many interesting conversations with my husband as well. We've worked through so many things together and it feels amazing to be pulling on the same string. I often say it is like having lived in a black and white world and suddenly seeing in color. The network really opened my eyes and I can't imagine a life without it now. I love how her experience aligns with what I've been talking about. For Eva, the value of the network is in having a community to connect with as she explores what unschooling looks like in her family. She feels less alone. And I love how she distinguishes between learning about unschooling through the podcast, how it intellectually made sense and she felt inspired to bring that lifestyle to her family, yet it was challenging to put those ideas into practice in their day-to-day lives. And how connecting with other unschooling parents in the network has been like going from black and white to seeing the world in color. It's so beautiful. The network is definitely not something everyone is looking for or everyone's ready for. We can't do the work for you, but we're there to encourage you to share our experiences and, as Eva mentioned, brainstorm ideas that maybe we're just not seeing in the moment. So I wanted to share a bit more about the kind of community Anna and I are cultivating and to invite you to check it out if you think you might find it helpful on your unschooling journey. And to explain why Anna and I will continue to happily share our thoughts and insights on the podcast around topics as they come up in the network. You'll find the link in the show notes where you can learn more about the details of the network or just go to explorers.livingjoyfully.ca. As a personal update, Lissy's visit came to an end this week, and she's back home in New York. It was such a lovely visit. It's so nice to connect on that everyday level, the mundane beautifulness of living, the playing games and eating food and watching shows and doing our work side by side, and hugs. Don't forget the hugs. (laughs) Before I finish up, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patrons, Elisa Potgeiter and Melanie Heidorn. Hi, Elisa. Hi, Melanie. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. 
Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it allows me to spend time creating episodes each week and to keep the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Anna. Welcome. I'm Pamela Rickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Anna Brown. Hi, Anna. Hello. <laughs> so this month in the Living Joyfully Network, we're exploring the topic kids are capable. It's a foundational unschooling principle. And really, when you start to dive in, it's about so much more than meets the eye. So I'm really excited to dive into this with you, Anna. It's Me too. <laughs> <laughs> We've definitely been having a lot of fun with it this month. So to start us off, choice is a really great lens um, with which we can start looking at just the idea uh, that kids are capable. So what I mean by choice is paying attention to the choices that our children are making helps us become more aware of who they are. So, you know, the things they like and dislike and their strengths and their challenges and their personality style, their learning style. There's so many different aspects to it. And then from there, once we're looking and seeing the choices that they're making, we better see much of the many ways that they are capable of doing, don't we? Yeah. And I really feel that stepping back and watching those choices is so key as opposed to stepping in with ideas and directions, which can be a really natural place. You know, I'm going to, Oh, let's go do this. Or, Oh, let's look at this. Or, Oh, you know, because it's fun, you know, we want to engage and do, but I think if we can just that little pause, not stepping away, just stepping back. And then watching the choices that they're making, because when we do the stepping in with the ideas and the direction, it really makes it about us and what we think is best and what interests us. But if we take that time to watch how they're making the choices, what they're choosing, all the wonderful pieces that you know, really draw their attention and, and pull them in, then we're getting all these insights into who they are. And ultimately that informs your relationship with the person. You know, and so that's just really helpful. Again, foundational building is what we're talking about. And it's, it's a part of building this trust that we're talking about that. And that way, when you're building that strong foundation, you have this place of security and safety, confidence and connection that you can then move forward from. But part of that is listening, trusting in their choices, looking at them, stepping back and watching. What are they choosing? How are they seeing the world? How are they taking in this information around them? All of those insights are so valuable to the relationship. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is, that to me is a really important paradigm shift Um, because it's something we can't realize until we get that pause, right? Until we take that pause and see that our choices can be different from our children's choices, right? And if we're not jumping in with the next step or tweak that excites us, 
and like bringing bubbling up their energy. Oh yes, look, we can do this and we can do this. And Oh, look at this over here. And you know, all those pieces, when we give it that pause for a moment and give the space for them to make the next choice, we, that is where we get to learn so much more about them. Right. And like you were talking about that trust, but also just knowing what excites them and seeing them making that next choice often shows us how capable they are of making that next choice or of doing the thing as long as you give them that space to do it, right? It's just so different. You find they're capable of so much more than you expected when you give them the time to do it, right? Right, when you give them that space and hold that space for it. And if you're that person that just gets super excited and wants to share and do, share your insights, but then with a follow-up, like, oh, what do you see? Or what looks interesting to you? I'm really interested in this bug over here. What do you see? What's interesting to you? And then it becomes this exchange of ideas. Then they know, okay, I don't need to just follow what you're saying. I can have my own view of this situation. And so if you're having trouble with that stepping back, maybe at least that as a first step, open up the conversation. And then if you can step back later and kind of watch, you'll see that capability in their choices and how much insight you get. Yeah, no, that's a great piece because that is another aspect of um, building trust in the relationship, right? It's another aspect of stepping back from the uh, power kind of dynamic where what you say is more important than what they think, right? (laughs) So by adding that piece, I love that. That's a great, like not even trans piece. I mean, it's helpful for that, but it may be the way you guys engage moving forward is just always being about what the other person thinks too, right? And, and just discovering that piece, like sharing and asking, sharing and asking that is, that is so much more um, helpful for your relationship moving forward. And it's just so much more fun, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Now, one of the challenges that I've seen come, and I remember (laughs) coming across myself, um, is that when you're giving that space um, or, you know, for them to do things, and when you're starting to watch um, for the things that they're capable of, what can creep in is that more conventional um, aspect or um, need for independence, right? You know, for especially for younger kids, oh, we want them to be able to you feed themselves, tie their own shoes, look up their own things, you know, get dressed in the morning. We can start to get really focused on, well, if I'm looking for our kids, my kids being capable, I want to step back and I want to see them doing all the things, right? Especially oh, at this age, they should be able to do this and this and this. So I know that you've talked about that as like the dependence agenda. And <laughs> I love that phrase right? It, it can really be a trap for us that we need to watch out for it. So I was hoping you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really helpful for me to pull it out as a concept because in the U.S. certainly, but I th- think really in many countries a- as well, you know, we have this independence agenda. It's And it starts from birth, this idea that babies should sleep in their rooms by themselves at night alone, you know, that they should feed themselves by X age, just like you were saying, tie their shoes here. It's this idea that values independence over relationships. And so, and, and I think when I identified this like cultural piece years ago, I realized why it was kind of butting heads with my unschooling piece, which values relationships, you know? And so I, I want to encourage connections, relationships, community, 
life is so much easier when we're working together and helping one another. And just like we were talking about sharing our ideas and what sparks, because then that gives me something new to think about and then something new to think about. But when you have, and when you have an an independence agenda as a culture, it also plays into this other idea, the blame fault matrix that I've talked about before, because basically we stop empathizing with those of us that need help in a moment. And we go to this blaming and shaming kind of idea that you need help because we've been taught that independence is what we're supposed to be valuing. And basically, you know, there is no scenario where that is making better relationships, (laughs) not a better family, (laughs) not a better community. I mean, it just isn't. So instead, if we can hold people up when we need it and delight in working together and helping each other, that fosters that sense of connection that, again, lays part of this foundation that we're talking about. You know, because honestly, we cannot do it completely alone. And expecting kids to do it completely alone, I just, I feel like it can be damaging. And I think it's something that they unpack for decades to come. And it's, it turns up in ways like not being able to ask for help when you need it because you feel ashamed by that. It, it comes in ways of pushing through messages that something doesn't feel right, but instead of asking for you know, feedback or some, you know, no, I'm just going to push forward, even past your own messages. And so it, then you're carrying this shame and blame. And so you know, this is something we can stop right now. You know, like we can create a different narrative for our children and for our families. And fostering that connection and interdependence creates an environment where we can all thrive. And, and in my opinion, just leads to our best life because I've just seen how valuable, how much I enjoy being that for someone else and how much, how it feels wonderful when someone else can be that for me. And so it's, I just personally just really wish we could move away because I think it's, you know, all the stuff that's going on culturally, politically, whatever, so much of that is this independence agenda that, you know, you have to do it yourself. And it's like, no, you don't. (laughs) We can all do it together and get there a lot faster and easier. And oh my gosh, that is where we also learn so much about ourselves, about each other, about the thing, about uh, uh, the world, truly. Because it's not like you were saying that blame fault matrix. It's not like one end of the spectrum or another. It's not, you know, either you can do this this or you can't do this and I have to do it for you. Like there is just so much in that spectrum between those two ends, right? Like you were talking about that interdependence that, you know, I, I, maybe I can use some help with this little, with this aspect of it. And we work together and support each other, right? Like as an adult, there are things, you know, that we don't like to do so much. And our, our partner, our spouse, you know, our, a good friend, they, they help us doing those things. It's like, you know, I don't like to make a lot of phone calls. Can you like phone these guys? And this is what we're trying to do. Can you take care of that for me? And I'll go do this thing. Like it's okay for adults, right? I mean, there's still shame in there, but I I think in our close relationships, we work that out and we understand that right? And so we can expand that to include other human beings, to see that happening in other adults' friends' lives and offer up help in those areas and exactly the same for our kids. It is It just shines when you are figuring things out together. And the beautiful thing is how it can change from one week to the next, right? You start to learn that I feel capable of doing this today and like, 
next week, I want a little bit of help with it. And that's where you learn so much about the other person too, because, okay, you know, in the back of your mind, what's the difference? Oh, you know, maybe they're tired yeah. from, from what you did yesterday, or, you know, maybe they're hungry. We could embrace that along the way as well. You can bring in so many different aspects. So it's really about, it's, it's not a, an actual conclusion, like they can do this or they can't do this. It is so much about being in the moment, right? And then everything blossoms from there. The context really is everything when we're doing something in the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's definitely, it, it is just living in that moment, being there together and just knowing. And like you said, as adults, we do it all the time. And yes, sometimes we do carry that shame in pieces. And what if that could be different? What if we didn't have yeah. that weight? And that's the gift that we can give by creating a family where we just lift each other up and that that's the model instead. Yeah, no. The Another aspect that I wanted to touch on that I, I love, because we've been talking about, you know, doing, talking about our kids being able to do this, not being able to do this, but we can peel back another layer of kids are capable, can't we? Because, you know, when you're in that moment, you know, when we were talking about um, knowing in that moment whether or not they're capable or whether they would like the gift of, of somebody helping them to do something. In that piece, there is so much self-awareness, right? Being capable of understanding where you are in that moment and if you want to take extra time to do it yourself, if you would like a little bit of help. You know, that is, is, I mean, I don't want to say more important, but just as important, right? Being capable of understanding yourself and your own needs, that is just another whole piece. Maybe you need help doing something for a long, long time. And that's totally okay because just knowing that they're aware, that our kids are aware of that, it's, it's just it's so beautiful to see them figuring that out and really make, that's where they're making a choice. It's not like, Oh, mom expects that I can tie my shoes. So now I need to do that. I mean, imagine your headset too. My mom expects, Oh, you can tie your shoes. You do it yourself. You know, it's like, Oh, I better not show that I'm capable of doing some things because then forever I will need to do it. There's just like so much wrapped up in that awareness piece, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that just reminded me of something that um, I, I think it's helpful to remember that sometimes kids ask for help because they want connection. So it may be something that they're perfectly capable of and have been doing for weeks and months, but they're asking. And instead of meeting that with frustration, we can really recognize it as that call for connection. And that idea of helping people when they ask is really something I want to foster. Like it's, I don't want to be in judgment of that. You know, if someone comes to me and asks me something, I want to trust that they're asking for a good reason, you know, and I may not even understand that reason. And so let's give that same grace to our kids when they ask for help, even though it's something we know they know how to do, you know, what a loving just beautiful gift it is to just help another human being. And so again, I think somehow we get messages tied up about children that we have to be making them independent and we have to be, you know, doing this or they're never going to do it themselves. And 
And it's not how we would treat a neighbor that asks us to do something that they're perfectly capable of doing. You know, we trust that they're asking for a reason. Let's, let's trust our own children who we love the most, you know? <laughs> so that piece came to mind, but also this piece that you were talking about, which is, you know, we're not talking about the things so much. Like there's a piece of that, the doing of the things, But what we're really talking about is that children know their mind. They know, you know, who they are, what they want, how they want to move through the world. Honestly, from birth, I mean, infants make it pretty darn clear when they want to eat, (laughs) when they want to sleep and when they want to snuggle. Like it's from birth, they're telling us these things. They're communicating with us their needs that are coming from inside of them. Toddlers know darn well where they want to explore and what they're interested in and how they want to, you know, put their hands in the mud and feel things and explore and do. They know that from inside of them. So we just want to create an environment where we're building upon that inner knowing. We don't want to be the environment that's pushing that down or pushing a particular agenda about what we think they should be wanting to do or should be able to do. And I think we see when we're honoring that, and we're observing, you know, like we said above, like, like you'll be blown away by all that's going on in there and all these amazing insights they have. But I think when we have a situation where the parents or, you know, at school, if it's a teacher are kind of pushing an agenda of what's being done, they're still having those thoughts, but they're thinking, I can't express that because that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. That's not what's being valued in this environment. And so creating that environment where they can, you know, really explore and tell us what they're interested in and tell us what ideas are coming up. I mean, you know, Pam, my gosh, we've heard the most amazing conversations from children and on the network for sure, just that have bubbled up organically from these kids sharing things with their families and their siblings and the things that they've done. And, and just seeing that in action is just, it's so powerful of, of just how capable these kids are and how much they have to offer the world right now. I know. I have goosebumps when you're talking about that because that is where um, just the magic of everything happens, right? In that space, that is where we can help, we can connect with them and help them feel heard and seen for who they are versus the expectations that we can put on them right when it's amazing how um you know just a one off sentence like oh you should be able to do this or you did this last week you know so you know do it again how um, damaging or just dampening Dampen. those. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're really dampening as in it's like, you know, making them feel bad about themselves. They feel shame that they can't do it mm-hmm. or they just feel disappointment in themselves, guilt that they don't feel like doing it. Right. Instead of digging into like, like you said, they know, they know what they think about about the the moment, the situation. So often, like at at such young ages, they can explain why. If we take that moment, right? If we give that space to have that conversation, you know, about, oh, why aren't you feeling like, oh, you'd like my help. And so often that comes up later too. Like it weaves into all our conversations as we get to know them better. As they, like you talked earlier about, trust, the trust that develops in that space 
when they trust that when they ask for help, we're going to be there to help them. When they trust that they can share what they're thinking or feeling and they're not going to be um, shamed or put off, you know, they're going to be seen, really seen and heard for who they are. I mean, it's, it's amazing the relationships that can develop and the trust that develops and how that spirals, right? And how it can so quickly spiral because it's, it's, can you imagine just the weight even for yourself as a, a human being, right? When somebody you're having a hard moment and somebody says, you know, I see you, I get it. I know why it's hard. Is there anything I can do to help? Phew, all of a sudden you're not carrying that alone, right? And that expectations that we hold put that pressure on them just as they do on, on other adults, right? Kids really are so capable in the moment of knowing. Yes, I'm going to share this story that I think is related and you'll just have to bear with me. So it just happened the other day for me. I'm not a kid. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but I was hungry, which we know is a trigger for me. Um, and I was in the kitchen and, and my husband and daughter were in the kitchen and we were trying to get lunch and I was feeling very out of sorts. Like, I mean, I could, I could just feel it. Like I was just so out of sorts. There was just so much going on. And, um, and they could see it and sense it because again, we have this environment where we give everybody space and we know, and we kind of observe and we can be, and they could hear me. And I even said at one point, I'm like, I just, he asked me a question and I'm like, I can't answer that right now. It's too much. And then he went and closed the door to the laundry room. The laundry was going, which I hadn't even been aware of, but as soon as he closed it, it was like, and it was just like that little awareness that we can have of each other of like, he knew it was too much stimulation. Like I was hungry. There was people in the room. Then there was this loud noise, you know? And so that's kind of the beautiful dance that we're talking about of like learning and understanding because over the years, he and I have talked about that. Like he, you know, that's something we talk about that lights bother him and sounds, you know, like it's hard for me when there's a lot of extra sounds and I'm trying to focus on something. And, you know, we've done the same things with our girls, like understanding what their pieces are. And so I don't know that just beautiful dance and relationship. Like you said, I just felt really grounded all of a sudden. I was like, okay. And I took my food and I was able to eat and then I was totally fine. And that could have gone a lot of different ways. And had it been a child, you know, I have a pretty amount of awareness at this point, you know, but had it been a child who's still working through this, like a meltdown could have happened. And it's really, again, just when we give the space for that extra awareness of where they can give words to that, or we can, you know, that, I don't know. Anyway, it may be unrelated, but I feel like it's all part of it, you know, <laughs> like just that space that we're trying to create. Exactly. And in that space, so uh, let's pretend it is a child in that space. Right. Imagine what they're learning if we can work with them. You know, if we can notice um, before a meltdown happens, right? When we're open and just kind of paying attention, doing that dance as we talked about, you know, we can see um, that something's starting to weigh on, something's something's off for them, and we can do things like. So if they're, if they're into a conversation, we can ask and see if, if they have an idea what's going on. We can try things like closing the door, noticing extra noise, noticing extra lights, noticing not really liking the food, you know, noticing um, they really like a favorite t-shirt or, or, you know, just in the moment, understanding them 
can and helping them figure out those pieces together, right? Because we don't know, we don't know the answer and it may be a different answer every time because <laughs> context is everything, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's information and we're learning it. Yeah. And, and it even gave me another awareness of, yeah, that's something I could have recognized when I came in the room. And now I can build on that, you know, more information. And and so then the child's learning more about themselves. You're learning more about the child. Again, it's just enhancing that relationship and that, you know, kind of connection. That, that trust, like yeah. that is where the trust grows, right? Because yeah. they can trust in that moment that you're helping them figure it out. You're not coming in with an answer. You're not telling them, oh, you look upset. That's probably because of X and right. go fix X and then expect that they're feeling better now, you know? Yeah. It's that shift to not, I know what's best for you, but let's together, let me help you figure out what you think yeah. is best for you in this moment, yeah. right? It's, it may be a subtle shift, but just... Not instead of thinking ourselves as you know coming in right. as above right. as being knowledgeable, instead coming from below and buoying them and supporting them and helping them as they try to figure out what's going on in the moment, yeah, and what they're yeah. capable of is figuring that out like like you were saying, even from the youngest age, they're figuring out how to communicate their needs, they're figuring out ways to do it. So, you know, they really are capable in that moment of understanding what's going on for them, whether or not they're verbalizing it, you know, maybe, maybe it is, we just try to do a few things and, and see what happens, right? That it, that's the really important thing I think is it being on their timetable, Yeah. right? Right. Figuring it out in the spaces that, that they are ready for it. Because if somebody comes, you know, at you um, trying to tell you how to do something or that you should do something in that moment, like you're back to that agenda again, somebody else's agenda on top of you just makes everything so much harder. And it takes, takes away your agency of figuring out that moment, right? And, and it takes away that trust. Oh, they don't trust that I can figure this out because they want me to do it faster or, you know. You want me to do it a different way. Right. And, and then that's conflicting with your own messages, you know, so it's like, but I'm trying to do this, but I'm not doing it the right way or the whatever, as opposed to right when we it, figuring these pieces out. And I think that is the dance, you know, because I think children are looking at us like, do they trust me to do this? You know, do they think I'm capable? You know, and so I like to talk about like, I want what's reflected in me is for their capability. You know, I want them to know that I'm trusting and that I know they have this inner voice and that we're going to figure it out, you know, that I'm there to support and lift up that inner voice that's already inside of them. And what I've seen is that children, adults, people beam under that. They just, it's a shining bright light of like, okay, they see me they hear me, they're trusting my capabilities. And yeah, I may be stumbling along and trying to figure this out. But when we give somebody space, even to stumble along, but kind of standing there with them and, and helping them up, like that is the growth. Like that's where we really take something in. That's where we really learn about ourselves. That's where we really 
grow to that next level is by doing it ourselves, stumbling and doing it ourselves. And again, that doesn't mean pitching them out in the wild. I'm right there with them, whether it's my husband or you or whatever, but, but I'm just supporting your journey, you know? And, and that, I think it's, it's maybe different. Maybe that is a big paradigm shift for people, you know, (laughs) because they weren't given that as a child. And so how do I do that? But I think you'll see it's pretty natural. Like it's, and it's pretty exciting because again, you see that beam of of self-confidence, that beam of self-awareness and that, yeah, I'm going to struggle through this, but then I'm getting it, you know, and then sharing that excitement about getting it. And so I, I don't know, all of that is just that beautiful dance that you talk so much about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I love that you spoke of how they see themselves reflected through our eyes, right? So if we truly trust them to make choices and to follow their joy and to to do their things, what you see is that their trust in themselves grows. It's, It's like, oh, they trust me. I'm doing these things. Stumbling is okay. Like that's our judgment, right? Like for them, it's just, oh, that didn't work. That didn't work. They keep going. Like I learned that from my kids is, oh, mistakes aren't like horrible things. They're not mistakes. They're just, that didn't turn out as I expected, right? And then you can just see that trust in themselves growing. Like you said, they just start to beam. They feel empowered. They feel capable. Not not so much capable of doing, but capable of trying. Exactly. Right. I'm capable of do. I'm going to, you know, do this thing and see what happens. And then, and then knowing that they can, they can tweak things like that capability, knowing that's it, that they can figure things out. Yes. Because right? I think when we jump in trying to mm-hmm. fix it or figure it out for them, like oftentimes that is a very contentious area for kids and parents, you know, because it's like, I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to, but you're coming in with your ideas of how to fix it, even though you, you, you're listening to them and you're trying, but it's not lifting them up to fix it. And, and it's okay if they sit in a moment of disappointment, like this is not what I thought it was. You can still be there with them, but help them through. And, and it may be that sometimes you are thinking of, you know, oh, what about this or what about that? But but watch that because I think, you know, it, that can dampen down. You know, when we're coming in with all of our ideas of how to fix it, it can really, I think, become frustrating to the child who's like, no, you're not understanding what's in my head that I'm trying to figure out here. So just giving some space for that, for, for them to figure out what's in their head and get it out. You know, right? Because even if we go and and solve it for them, because they're upset, you know, something went 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 wrong, went unexpectedly, and and we see how we can fix it and make them happy again, and we just want them to be happy again, and we jump in and do that. Yes, they can be happy that it's done, but they feel less capable in that moment, yeah. right? Yeah. They are like, oh, I couldn't figure that out. I needed someone else to figure that out for me. Right. And in the longer term, that's not what we're going for. No. And it puts a lot of onus on the parent that is actually hard to live up to because you know, yeah. <laughs> you really don't have the answers for everyone. And that 
you know, you'll hear when people are switching to this kind of lifestyle and paradigm, they're just like, I don't have all the answers. It's too stressful to try to figure everything out and keep all the balls going. And I'm like, you don't need to keep all the balls going. You're, you're all keeping the balls going. And there's going to be upset on everybody's part as we're working through things, but that that's okay because we're holding space for that. And we're providing an environment where they can explore and make mistakes and come back. And there's no judgment around that. And there's no timetable. I think that was really critical that maybe we brushed over when you just said a minute ago, like on their timetable. So I think you're right. We tend to rush in to fix because we want to get a back to, you know, happy and everything's humming along. But sometimes their timetable is noodling that a little bit and figuring out what that is and and sitting in a little bit of discomfort while they're like, yeah, I don't like this, but I like that. And trusting that that process is okay too, because then what that gives them is that tool like, okay, when I feel upset or when something's not going my way or I've hit a stumbling block, I don't need to melt down about it. Like I don't need, I don't, it's not the end of the world. You know, I'm not like judging the meltdown, but it's like, it's not the end of the world because it's okay that I made a mistake and I can correct my course. And I think you're right. I mean, I think children very naturally do that, but I think through our society, we kind of tell them that that's not okay. I mean, you know, that's really what you and I both have talked about. We're in school. Like it really wasn't okay to make mistakes or not have the right answer. But what that served to do is quiet me, you know? So I wasn't gonna, you know, take the chance or do whatever until I was so sure I had the right answer. And wow, a lot of exploration is lost. You know, a lot of learning is lost by doing that. And so again, this is about fostering that environment, building that foundation. Yeah, because I mean, right in there, that school story just triggered for me. That is where it was all about memorizing the right answer. Exactly. There really wasn't the understanding of what was going on. The context wasn't there because I couldn't ask the questions to figure out exactly what all the little bits and pieces were, right? Because I would, I would be put off. People would think I was stupid for not knowing all those little, you know, that's what I'm imagining, right? In the moment, it's true, but that is what that framework gives us. It hands us. We need to sit quietly and get the right answer. Yeah. Right. Because we don't want people to figure out what's actually going on. Right. So then we own that skill of memorizing, but we still don't understand it. And then it's gone. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I love that timetable piece. And for me, what was big there for me was developing my sense, my patience. Yeah. Right. To be patient and curious about where they might take it. And then the other big, like this, we can get to every aha unschooling moment from any topic. (laughs) It is our gift, fam. (laughs) Because there is also where I realized how valuable those moments when things went sideways were. It wasn't always about us. Okay, we got to get to the next moment, next good moment. You know, we got to figure out these problems and get through them. And then we're all going to be like happy and we're all going to be sitting around, you know, just having fun together. Um, and so we really devalue those moments and we don't really sit with that discomfort, right? And let things unfold because that's in those moments is where they figure out the context, where we figure out the context, all the other pieces that are in there and really figuring out where it went sideways for us because in understanding that 
that's the learning and the, the depth of understanding that we can bring forward to the next moment. Or else we just keep replaying it, you know, with that old saw that, you know, until I learn the thing, the universe is just going to keep, I'm just going to keep, and, but that's because you haven't learned the thing yet. So it's just going to keep hitting you in the face until you sit with it for a while and figure out what is the root. Where is it? And kids naturally do this. Now, they're not going to so often be able to verbalize it. Right. You know, when they're learning to walk, they're doing it over and over and over again. They're not saying, well, I'm just going to keep practicing. And just, <laughs> you know, this is a natural human instinct. And that's what we mean when we talk about doing it on their time, giving them the space because there's just so much going on um, in their subconscious and figuring this out that we don't know about and that they can't verbalize. Like, and, like we've been doing this, this whole conversation, like put it back on ourselves, right? How many times do we get hit in the head with things over and over again until we take the time to, huh, this is a pattern. You know, I'm going to need to sit with this for a while and really figure out where that root is so that I'm not recreating it for myself over and over again. And we are so capable of this as human beings when we give ourselves the time, the space and the grace to process through it, right? Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's really <laughs> it. And and so it's it's this big concept, but it really boils down to these moments, you know, these simple yeah. moments where we're building. So yeah, love it. Oh yeah, no, that's beautiful. So yeah, those two lenses of lens of choice and what our kids are are choosing to do in the moment and understanding that helps us see so many things that they're capable of doing. And then when we look through that lens of trust, we start to understand how important um, that self-awareness piece is and how capable our kids are of understanding themselves in each moment. And even if they're not so much into talking about it or even able to verbalize it, we can see by giving that space and paying attention, we see by their next choice and their next choice where they came from. And, And we can see that just that self-awareness on display at play right there in front of us. Right. And I think the cool thing about this particular piece is these steps just build on each other. You know, as you watch them make the choices, you see they're capable that ups your trust that they, then they know and they trust in that. And then they're good. And so, Oh my gosh. So it's just, but it, but it's that simple choice, that simple choice to just look at that and observe and, and to say, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to see who they are. I'm going to see them and trust them and trust in their abilities and see where it leads. And, and just really cool, amazing things happen. And we just, we see it all the time with people sharing things in the network and I just love it. I know, I know it, it really is our first step to take. So, you know, I'm going to play with this. I'm going to trust that so many people before me have seen like, it's one of those things where you just an amazing things unfold that you could never have expected things that are so much better for the people involved than what we expected at first, what the direction that we could have pushed, which I'm sure would have been great. You know, we have good ideas and everything, but where they take it is so much more tailored to who they are. It's just incredible. And it's, it's quite the adventure. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Anna. Oh, I loved it always. (laughs) Take care. 
Have a great day. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes. The conversations never go out of date. And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.